Hey everyone, and welcome to EBHQ, or Everything Basketball Headquarters, where we talk all things NBA. I am your host, Vidal Andrade, and before the season actually started, I wanted to do a, a breakdown on all 30 teams and go a little more in-depth on them, and today's team will be the Philadelphia 76ers. But before we go ahead and do that, I just wanted to give you a little background on the podcast, since this is the first episode, and this is my first podcast ever. Now, this wasn't anything out of the blue for me. Lately, I've been wanting to get into something like this or YouTube, just never got around to it till now. As for why I'm doing the podcast, I think the title I gave it, Everything Basketball Headquarters, explains that pretty well. I'm really into basketball and basically everything related to it, even though I can't play it that well. But I figured I talk about it 24-7 with my friends and family, so why not start a podcast about it? And sometime in the future, I hope to become some type of sports analyst or broadcaster. Now, as for my favorite team in the NBA, I'd have to say I'm a diehard Bulls fan. But my favorite player also kind of goes hand in hand with that because it's Michael Jordan. Now, just because that's my favorite team and that's my favorite NBA player, by no means will they get any extra credit on my channel. This is a complete unbiased basketball podcast. And of course, like any other human being though, I do have favorites in the NBA now, and I will talk about them every now and then, or maybe use them as an example, but like I said, I won't be biased towards them or give them any credit that I feel that they don't deserve. For example, one of my favorite players in in the NBA, or basically going into the NBA, is Lonzo Ball. Now, I've been a really big fan of him for a long time, and I've been following him since his junior year in Chino Hills. But it doesn't mean that because he plays on the Lakers and I all of a sudden will think the Lakers are a playoff contending team when they're still a couple years behind that. But we won't get too far into that because we'll just save that for the Lakers episode. But like I said, the first beginning episodes of the podcast will be breakdowns of the teams, maybe two in one episode because some franchise, I feel like you can't really talk about them too much. And that's a little shout out to the Brooklyn Nets who kind of, you know, destroyed their present and future. I mean, they, there's really no argument about that, but they, you know, that's what they've done. But like I said, we'll save that for their special episode or, you know, half an episode. Like I said, I might do two in one because some franchise just, they don't have as much as other franchises have. And it's a little hard to, you know, fill a full podcast episode about it. Now, I will be trying to upload daily, especially during the season, because, you know, there's a lot of news to talk about. There's exciting games, player breakdowns, you know, um, player forms, how they're doing. And, you know, I will will try to totally get you guys daily content. But like I said, as far as the podcast goes, um, this is basically what it is. It is a basketball podcast, you know, whether you're new or you're maybe, you know, experienced in the basketball world and you love talking about it, this will definitely be for you. Okay, so back to the basketball talk. Like I said earlier, today we will be breaking down the Philadelphia 76ers. So the record for the Philadelphia 76ers last year was 28 and 54. That was the fourth worst record in the NBA. Now it is hard to see Philly in this type of spot because Philly has so much talent on that team. Uh, Health-wise, if they could stay healthy, that team could be incredible. They could be a force to reckon with in the next two to three years, potentially, if they gel together and they could stay healthy. Now, some new players that they picked up this year, one being Markel Fultz, uh, the number one draft pick in the NBA draft this year, 
Furkan Kormaz. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that name, but he was a draft pick in last year's 2016 draft who was playing overseas in the Turkish League. J.J. Redick and Amir Johnson were picked up through free agency this year to kind of help him with the playoff push this year. One player that will not be coming back is Gerald Henderson, though. So Gerald Henderson was waived. He will not be returning to the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, Philly, like I said, it's hard to see them go through this. They have a lot of potential on that team. First off, let's break down um, Markel Fultz. You know, these are the notable players. These are the players that I think will potentially become all-stars or they could potentially become maybe MVP of the league, some, something to that effect. So Markel Fultz, his stats in college were 23.2 points per game, 5.7 rebounds, 5.9 assists, while shooting 47% from the field and 41% from the three. Now that is a great stat line for a college player. Markel Fultz is really, really good. I feel like he was definitely worth the number one pick. It was a toss-up to me between him and Lonzo. I do like Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is a really, really good player to me. But, like I said, it was a toss-up between him and Markel Fultz who could have gone number one. Now, the only thing that strikes me about Markel is the fact that he didn't make the NCAA tournament. Now, I'm not saying the NCAA tournament defines an NBA player. Listen, the NCAA has nothing to do with the NBA. But his level of competitive kind of like didn't amaze me really. Washington's record was 2 and 16 in their conference and 9 and 22 overall. Now I did catch some games of Markel in college playing and a lot of the teams he beat now I'm not going to say just him alone it's it is his team Washington wasn't a very good team but a lot of the teams that they beat were not very good teams. I think the biggest team they beat in there was Oregon. And Oregon, I'm not going to say, was all that great this season. So he didn't really show me much of his competitiveness level in college, but his skill set level was really shining through. I loved his skill set. I love what the guy can actually do with the ball. So Markel can either play off ball or on ball, I believe. I've seen some of his games where he's really, really super explosive with the ball. And like I said, he was shooting 47% from the field as well as 41% from the three. That's both, you know, good shooting on both sides. He can drive to the basket. He's very, very explosive. He's very athletic. But 41% from the three is also a really, really good shot from beyond the arc. Um, Something I think Philly would definitely benefit from. So, like I said, the only knock against him was the NCAA tournament. Like I said, it's not going to determine whether he's going to be a great player, a good player in this league. I just seen it as he wasn't competitive enough to want to get his team there. Now, he did hurt himself over this summer, which kind of got, you know, people scared. But from what I can hear and see, he will be ready for training camp and he will be ready for the the start of the season. Now, I haven't heard anything else come out about Markel Fultz that's, you know, so far ruined his season. Health is a major thing for the Philadelphia 76ers, though. They've had players injured left and right, and it's it's ridiculous because, like I said, the potential they have is there. That leading into the second player, which is Joel Embiid. So Joel Embiid kind of gave us a small sample size of what he could do this year in 31 games. So in those 31 games, he averaged 20 
6.2 points per game, 7.8 rebounds, and 2.1 assists while shooting 47% from the field and 37% from the three. Now, Joel Embiid being 7 feet, 37% from the three is really good. Um, There's a lot of big men in the league that can shoot nowadays. That's kind of just become the new type of standard. But I feel like Joel Embiid does have an all-around game. So Joel Embiid's all-around game, I feel like, can help him eventually become the best center in the league. And not only that, he could potentially be the MVP one day. So in that small sample size, we were able to see a guy who can really ball out. Joel Embiid has low post scoring. He has a fadeaway shot. He has three-point shooting. He has nice footwork. He has good post moves. And he has athleticism. And all at seven feet, who's going to be able to stop that type of player? Now, I'm not saying he's going to be the best player next year or the year after that. It might take some time for him to develop considering this was technically his rookie season. And he's been in the league for a little bit already. Now, Joel Embiid, though, I do like his game. His overall game is amazing. And I like the fact that Joel Embiid kind of doesn't shy away from the big moments. I've seen a lot of moments this year in him. Well, I'm not going to say a lot, but, you know, in the 31 games that he played, I've seen moments where Joel Embiid was not afraid to either take the last shot or Joel Embiid was not afraid to go into the post. He was not afraid to do much on the court. And as a vocal leader, I've heard he's actually a very good vocal leader. And I think a team that's young, and he's maybe one of the older guys on that team at 23 years old, because I know there's maybe two guys on that team that are 25, and there's only three guys on that team that are actually over 30 years old. So that team is a young core. Say there's 12 to 15 guys on their team, three guys are only 30 years old. That That's crazy. You have crazy amounts of potential on that team to actually go out and potentially win an NBA championship in a couple years. Now, I say potentially a lot because we have to see how they mesh together. We can't just go off of Joel Embiid's 31 games, Ben Simmons' summer league, and Markel Fultz's barely summer league because he got injured. Now, like I said, I do like that core, though. Ben Simmons, uh, you know, going into his area and talk about him a little bit, I think he's a very good player. I think Ben Simmons could potentially be a LeBron-esque player. Now, I say LeBron because I see that as his most comparable, highest caliber player out there. He has LeBron qualities where he's big, an athletic guy. He could pass the ball very, very well. And he's kind of lacking a jump shot coming into the NBA. Now, will he prosper because of just the passing? Probably he, he can make a solid career off just passing. There's plenty of players that have come in the league that just pass and have had great careers like LeBron and uh, Jason Kidd. The whole thing about not having a shot, though, I feel like he will have to develop a shot because even LeBron in his later years is realizing he has to develop a shot. So I think for Ben Simmons, that would be better to get done sooner than later. I would totally he develop a shot now than not develop one at all because it would be hard for him to eventually do it getting into his older age. Now, same thing with uh, Markel Fultz that I felt with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons did not make the NCAA tournament in college, and he played for LSU. So, like I said, it doesn't define who you're going to be in the NBA. Totally get that. Now, I just felt like Ben Simmons didn't make it because 
of the media that was around him and him not wanting to be in college. He felt like he was actually ready to go to the NBA right away, that he didn't need any college. So that's why I felt like he didn't make it. But then again, I don't know if that's a great quality in a player just because you didn't get what you want or you it, things weren't going your way that you were not going to try. And I'm not going to say that he didn't try there. I'm just saying that I believe he could have propelled his team, especially a team like LSU. Markel didn't do it with Washington. Yes, Washington was a terrible team. LSU, they had some potential. They had a guy, another five-star recruit named Antonio Blankley. I believe he could have done it. Um, the record for them was 19 and 14 overall, and then 11 and 7 in their conference, which is the SEC. So, like I said, it, it doesn't determine whether I think he's going to be a great player or not, because I think Ben Simmons is going to be a very good player in the NBA. I'm not going to use the word great yet on him, but I think he's going to be very good. The only person on their team right now that I could potentially see at a great level is going to be Joel Embiid. Um, but Ben Simmons will be a very good NBA player, especially if he develops a shot. If he develops a shot, it could be over for certain teams. If Philadelphia gets him to develop a shot, gets Markel to do what Markel's been brought there to do, and gets Joel Embiid healthy. If all three of them could stay together, mesh together, and be healthy, boom. That's an amazing season from those guys. Now, let's talk about another one of the guys that are on the team that I really like. And I don't see him being a potential all-star player, but I do see him being a good piece for a championship running team. He goes by the name Dario Saric. So Dario Saric last year averaged 12.8 points per game, 6.3 rebounds, 2.2 assists, all while shooting 41% from the field and 30% from the three. Now those shooting stats are not that great, but considering it was his rookie year, he was in run for rookie of the year too. I think Dario will be a good player on a team that's making a championship run. I think during the season, his numbers will go up a little bit. He might maybe average 14-7 and seven on a little bit better of a shooting percentage. And then in the playoffs, he might maybe drop two points and drop and maybe grab a couple more rebounds because of the smaller rotations during the playoffs. Now, about his shooting. Like I said, 41% from the field, 30% from the three. Does that sound really great? No. But when he gets incorporated into an efficient system, which I think Philly will eventually develop, he will be getting smart, less shots, but smarter shots. Now, I see him being, like I said, a very serviceable player on a team that can do some dangerous stuff, especially in the East. I don't see no competition in the East for years to come that are as lethal as Philadelphia. Philadelphia can easily be what like basically Cleveland is now either the number one or number two seed every year and just be a lethal team. Now, there are other guys on the team too that I like that are returning this season. Um, one being Timothy Lawawu Cabarro, I think is his name. Now, Timothy Lawawu, he's a very good player. I seen him come off the bench and he can score. He can do different things off the bench being 6'6". 200 pounds. He's a very serviceable shooting guard. Now, one of the big things on that team that I like is Jaleel Okafor, but I don't think he'll stay. I just think Philly has made it known that he doesn't want to be there, and he's made it known with Philly that he doesn't want to be there. 
see, that's hard for Philadelphia to let go, though. Jaleel Okafor, if he was coming off the bench as a center, or even if you put him at the power forward in Dario's spot, he could give you some benefits of the team. With that being said, though, I think on both ends, like I said earlier, Philly doesn't want him. He doesn't want to be with Philly. He had a couple outbursts last season, you know, that were in the media with him fighting with a Boston Celtics fan. And like I said, it was just all around bad news for both teams. But like I said, he will be a serviceable player on somebody's team. He just has to find his passion for the game again. Because I think what Philly has done to him a little bit is maybe taken a little bit of that away. And it turned into more so frustration on that team. But with all that being said, that was my overall evaluation and breakdown on the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I think they're going to be a somewhat decent team next season, especially in an Eastern Conference that I don't see much competition in. A lot of the stars went over to the Western Conference. And like I said, Boston and I feel like Cavaliers are still going to be at the top of that conference. But I do see them sneaking into the playoffs next season. I think Joel Embiid, Fultz, and Simmons will all have good seasons, maybe even breakout seasons. Maybe Fultz and Simmons go after that rookie of the year. And as far as their record goes, if the core could stay healthy, I would say 38-44. and 44. Now, I do give them that 10-game jump and that playoff spot because all that I said beforehand, I feel like I explained it pretty well about the conference and just all around their game. I mean, I believe Philly does have an all-around game. I feel like Philly does have that potential to go far in the franchise. I mean, I don't see anything stopping them, and I don't see anything that could hinder them except for the... Injuries. The injuries are a big deal on Philadelphia. Like I said, Markel had that injury. They said it wasn't nothing terrible in the summer league, but that can't be a good sign going into a season where you want to start off. And, you know, like Joel Embiid says, you got to trust the process. But overall, that was my breakdown. And if you like this podcast, it would be very helpful if you could subscribe. And if you know anyone that you think would like it, maybe tell them, give them a listen. If you wanted to, you could follow my channel on Instagram and Twitter at EBHQ23 or type in Everything Basketball Headquarters on Facebook and follow my page on there where I will be putting the episode updates and all my content or maybe I'll be sharing some ideas through my writing and stuff like that. Uh, Like I said, I want to thank everybody in advance for the support, and I'm going to try my hardest to bring you guys the best quality content. But that's it for today's episode, and I hope to see you guys next time.